Hey, welcome to the Girl Move On podcast. A podcast about cultivating ease and organization into your daily routine and moving on from life's bullshit so you can take care of the most important person in your life, you. Be sure to click the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at girl underscore move underscore on underscore podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girl Move On podcast. This is Shan. And Tiffany. And we are also joined by that man in my life, my husband, Anthony. Hey, everybody. (laughs) A.K.A. Nacho. A.K.A. Nacho. Welcome back to part two of the hoe and home ownership with Nacho Average Realtor. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. You're welcome. All right. So we invited Anthony here today to kind of correct anything if we said anything wrong last week and to just give some additional insights. So give us your spiel for new clients. Tell us about picking a realtor. Just talk to us. Well, picking a realtor is... Introduce yourself, Nacho, and talk about what you do. Jesus. Everybody, my name is Anthony Nunez. I'm a, I'm a realtor. Nunez! Here. Yes, Nunez. I'm a realtor here in Atlanta. Uh, I service the Atlanta metro area and all the surrounding counties. I've uh, been doing this for about, what, eight years now? Full time? Seven years full time? Yep. Yeah, seven years full time. Uh, so it took, uh, took for me to uh, downsize in my company for me to actually... Uh, pushed into being a full-time realtor so it's been a blessing ever since so i'm thankful for that um but yeah it's been it's been great uh love real estate love helping people i work mainly with first-time home buyers and now i'm diving into uh listings and getting more people out there that want to sell their homes because this is a seller's market everybody i'm pretty sure what does that mean by a seller's market versus a buyer's market nacho so a seller's market is when the inventory is lower. And so therefore the sellers have an advantage. And so buyers really want their houses and there's not a lot out there. And so when you find one that's good, a seller knows that they have a good house. So they're able to um, get as much as they can. And sometimes you get all these over asking price offers, 100K over asking, 200K. Jesus. So it gets pretty wild. So in a seller's market like now, everybody's loving it if you're a seller. In not a buyer's a market. In a buyer's market, there's a, yeah, there's so much inventory. You're, you know, any house is a good house. So you can, you can lowball, you can negotiate, you can start getting closing costs from sellers and they're probably desperate and motivated to sell. So they'll, they'll take anything and everything. Great. Thank you for that definition. We needed that. Yeah. All right. Great. Okay. Now we had the outline. So. Let's start as if Shan or I were new clients and what would you tell us, you know, coming into this whole process of buying a home for the first time or the, you know, a hundredth time like you guys. Shut up. Don't talk to me like that because we could fight. Okay? <laughs> Only we got the third now. house. You keep using a hundred. hundred. Wait, like you keep using a hundred as a reference I've sold. I've sold over a hundred. So come on, Nacho. Come on, plug. <laughs> Matter with the fact, hand clap with the hand on. clap i don't care hold she's on, about to on. pull out the horn yes! but you keep saying a hundred i got three kids you said a hundred this is the third house you said i think 100. that works 
Thank you, Nacho. You sold a hundred houses. Let's go. Yes. Um, So Um, that means you know what you're doing. So talk to us. Yes. Well, for for mainly for first time home buyers, you have to be a little bit more descriptive. So if you if I were talking to a new first time home buyer, I would get them started in understanding what buying power means. And I think that that's important to know when you're a first time home buyer, you don't know what buying power means. You sometimes we get, oh, well, I just need to get a loan. Well, what type of loan? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the most competitive type of loan? What, what works best for me? So you have your conventional, um, you have your uh, federal, which is the FHA loan, okay. veteran loans, and, and all kinds of other down payment assistance types loans. And of course, cash, cash is king. So if you have cash, cash is yeah. king. Yeah. I love that. Because okay. the issue you run into with cash yeah. and a lot of the people that flip houses or I know in Texas, the problem was people coming from California and they would ask a lot of questions like, are you a, a person that flips houses or how long do you plan to stay in the house? So I feel like that's been an issue since in COVID, a lot of people have been moving from higher income areas mm-hmm. or, you know, where money's make more money and coming down to the South and just buying out houses and flipping them and doing things like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, right now, especially how expensive California is, they're going to, they're making that transition here. They're, they're loving it. Um, okay. And Atlanta as well, too. Yep. So what are the benefits or things to consider when you're trying to decide what type of loan is good for you? Because you mentioned a lot of different kinds. Well, I think it just depends on your what money you have down. Uh, If you have a significant amount saved um, and you just look at what what you want to pay monthly and then you base that um, number off of what what the price point is. So if you you know can afford a three hundred thousand dollar house and you need to come up with you know, 10% down, well, you're going to need, what, 30K down. So you're going to need a good amount to in order to get that, to get you that. But how would the person know how much they can afford, Nacho? So they would know based off of, you know, they they can go to the mortgage calculators and all kinds of good stuff like that. So just put in what that amount is and what amount you have saved up and what your, you know, about interest rates right now. And the best place to get interest rate is from a lender. Um, and then the lender also can also tell you what you what you can afford and what you're able to uh, what your what the best option is for you as well. And doesn't the person have to have a pre approval before they even talk to you? Uh, I not necessarily. So okay. I I interview um, I do consultations all the time. Oh, perfect. And this gives them an opportunity to let them. And and I love consultations with people who don't have an approval because that good. way I can connect them with the best people. Sometimes okay, they go good. to Rocket Mortgage and all these other people that don't do business well. Yes. Okay. And so then I like to connect them with people who I've worked with and can close quickly and can tell me for sure that this is going to close um, because the last thing you want to do is to string along a buyer and then it doesn't happen. The closing doesn't happen. They don't get a house. Then they're upset at everybody. Yeah. It's very and upsetting. I get, and I get bad Zillow reviews. And we don't, and want we don't that. need that because <laughs> we need to sell 300 houses. 300. 300. That's Amen. Amen. Shane, you had a question? Um, So he kind of touched upon it already because I was just going to say, like, for us, when we've been buying a home, we've gone with the lender through, like, whatever broker he's working with. But I know, Tiffany, with you, you started with Mm. one lender and went with a different lender. So are there pros or cons of working? You kind of just touched on it with your realtor's lender versus finding your own independent lender. So the issue with my situation was I came into a new build so I had options with lenders so you can do the builder's lender 
or you can have my realtor had her own lender and then other people suggested lenders. So I would say I had, I had about four, three or four people that I could have gone with. So what I did, I vetted them. I was like, this is how much money I want to pay a month. This is how much house I can afford. Who can give me the best interest rate? Who can give me the best monthly payment? So the person that I really liked was the builder's lender, but he couldn't get me what I wanted. And the reason I liked him is because he answered questions any time of the day. If I sent him an email, he was very responsive. He would explain things to me because obviously this is my first time and I'm trying to understand all these different terms. And he was patient with me and he didn't make me feel like I was bothering him by asking questions. With other people, with the other lenders, I felt like as soon as you said you're interested in dealing with them. They'd give you your information, but the, the feedback wasn't there. The responsiveness wasn't there. I didn't feel like they really wanted my business. It felt like mm. I was just like another number to them. So definitely be mindful of the relationship. Yes, it's not personal, but in a business relationship, you should see, you should feel seen and heard. So that's why I went with, I didn't go with my initial lender who I really wanted to go with, but, um, because they didn't give me the interest rate and monthly payment that I wanted, as I said in the last episode. But the person I went with, they gave me a better rate and better rate and monthly payment. However, they were not as personable or responsive as the prior lender, the builder's lender. Sometimes you get builder's credits too. So sometimes yes, gotta, that was another yep. thing. But the credits still didn't even add up. Okay. So that's why I was like so disappointed. I was like, oh, because you you forge this relationship with them and you're excited to work with them, but there's, there's things that will become an obstacle. So if you, let's say we're working remotely now because my job is in Maryland and I'm buying a home in Texas, they were saying that they don't even take out of state employment. So that would have been another obstacle. And I didn't learn that until the day of closing. So everything happens for a reason, but it was a great experience. And I learned to advocate for myself and keep pushing even when you felt like you weren't being heard or, you know, closer to closing. They're like, oh, you'll be fine. But they're just delaying, delaying, delaying. So towards the end, I really had an issue with them, right. but we'll get there. But you definitely yeah, I mean, have that, to speak up and ask questions. And you did it right. I mean, you got, you got multiple lenders involved. And that's what I always tell my, my, any buyer when I do a consult for is get three or five different lenders and they can all mm-hmm. pull your credit and it'll, it will only affect your credit one time. So credit yes. people people think that oh they, they're gonna pull my credit each time and it'll ding my credit lower. I said no. Yeah. Within you have within a forty five day window from when the first credit pull, you have a forty five day window to vet out all the lenders that you need in order to get the best deal. Um, I always I always tell uh, my buyers that federal credit unions are probably gonna give you the best rates and yeah closing costs because they're not they don't have to pay certain um, local taxes and fees. So you're probably going to, they then, a lot of lenders, they transition those taxes over to the buyer. So you have to, you have to make sure that the, that the the lenders that you're searching for, just make sure that they're giving you the best of fees, origination fees, all that stuff. But most, most of the time, if not all the time, the best rates you're going to get are from um, federal credit unions. So, but just vet them all out. That's my, I mean, when you're buying the house in life, you're vetting the people you date, you're vetting the people you have in your home, you're vetting <laughs> who you, I mean, just vet. It's okay to have options. Options are key. Do not put everything in one basket. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. So, yeah. Okay. So on the note of options, what if I'm ready to buy a house, but my bank account 
might not be ready. And so strip and auntie, get money. Grandma, oh. no. Okay. Girl, let's... So what if auntie or grandma? I didn't know that's the type of show I was gonna be on. <laughs> it's all right, Nacho. You know now. <laughs> Y'all are gonna get a glimpse into my life right now of dealing with the two of these people when Amazing Tiffany and I used to live beings. together. Yes, the foolishness. Okay. So, yeah. like I was saying, if somebody wanted to give me money to help me out, are Ooh. there rules around auntie, mommy, daddy, somebody? Sugar me daddy. Out? <laughs> Whatever uh, kind I like, of daddy. Uh, I like um, Yeah, they have to be um, a direct family member, so it can't be second cousin. Twice removed or whatever. It can't you know, be your sugar daddy. It can't be your sugar <laughs> daddy that's pretending to be your cousin. It can't be none of that. It has to be a direct family member. And I believe they have to show as to where the money's coming from to where they're it's taking going a blood to. test. How they gonna know? <laughs> what? Sure. How they gonna that's know? I'm How do they ask for a letter? Like they'll say, This this my mother gifted me ten thousand dollars. Right. They take your bank account. How would they know? Just because what if we don't have the same last name? Well, they're going to, I believe it, they're going to probably do some, I mean, I'm not sure. They might do a background check. I don't know. I don't think they're going to vet them out that. The counselors ain't doing no background check. I'm getting money but, from the sugar zitty. But if it could be, it. so I always warn, if you're going to do something like that, it could be mortgage fraud. So you have to be careful. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So yes you're right. I always you're tell right, has to be a direct, true, I guess. has to be a direct family <laughs> member. So that way we can, uh, that the lenders can make sure that everything's on up and up. They know where the money's coming from and where it's you know going to. Okay. So they have to probably give like a transaction of that money being transferred and then a transaction on your bank account receiving that money. Okay. Okay. So then if my sugar daddy can't help me, well, sugar daddy, you got a sugar daddy? I'm should. just trying to get extra money for the both of us. Okay. Because <laughs> I always it. told you, no, for real. Because when I used to work at Georgia Tech, across the street at the hotel that's mm-hmm. where the falcons players would stay whenever there were home games and so i would always say if i don't come home it's because i'm getting that check for both of us okay right, right. i will be back this percentage good, that's good it again as long as i get the see that's the, the next episode the good hoe the good tell the husband hoe. i'm gonna go home with this nfl oh. player but i promise i'll be back and i'll give you your cut because you should you be a you good hoe teach a hoe and ho nacho Okay. My man. Okay. Writing it down. Okay. Go ahead, Shannon. So aren't there rent to own programs that you can consider Ooh, as yes. well if you don't have the money to make a down payment? Right. Um, rent to own programs are pretty cool. Uh, Not I would, pretty cool. They're pretty cool. I think, <laughs> I think that, I think that the way they set it up is really, is really creative because they allow, they essentially are a cash buyer, whatever company, uh, the rental owned. I don't know if they're, they're the same in, Texas or different states. I know that in Georgia, we have Divi is one that I've partnered with and, and Home Partners of America, which I think might be um, in other parts of the U.S. as well. I've heard of Home you Partners. Home partners? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, what essentially they do is they buy house cash and then they then become your landlord. And oh, what's, what's okay. beneficial about that is that people are in the process of getting their credit fixed or they don't have the down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes it's even, you know, they need they, their uh, employment may not be, you know, the employment history may not be long enough for the lender. Yeah. So what they essentially do is they step in, they help you get the house that you want to live in, and then you can live in it. And then you have the option at any point in time to buy it from them at okay. that, at that price that okay. you, you know, that you did, that you uh, were going to buy it for. Because when I was dealing with a realtor back in Maryland, she did that. 
She mm-hmm. had so many options for buyers, and I thought that was great. I didn't see as much options when I came here, but she had options with rent to own and uh, purchasing your own home. And and she was very like, "I'm gonna get you very, I'm gonna get you into this home. I'm gonna do this." It was a lot at mm-hmm. first, but if you're ready, then you're ready. Yeah, and then also right yeah. now, a lot of lenders are offering 100% FHA loans, which is really good. Uh, I think I think the minimum credit score here is 640 for that. So it's not so it's not too bad at all. You can have average credit score and get 100% financing, um, which is really good. Uh, but that that to me is a little bit easier than doing your down payment assistance programs. Okay. Uh, which is like it's essentially the same thing. They're just not giving you some of the closing costs associated. Uh, the, the 100% financing lenders are not giving you the closing costs associated. The down payment assistance they do. But the process is so much more difficult. The with, process with the home buyer programs with, are, yeah, the, is tedious. NACA is tedious. Yeah, it was very it tedious, is. and it, sometimes it's not even worth the juice is not worth the squeeze. Come to on, me, you know, to me. Say so, that again, Nacho. The juice is not worth the squeeze. <laughs> All right, I love it. That's it. Don't look at me when you say that. It just oh, feels wrong. This the juice is, is when not worth Tiffany, the squeeze for five hundred. This is when Tiffany puts her head down and looks away from the screen because married people problems are not my what? problems. So I mind my business. Okay, yes. so on that note of the juice not being worth the squeeze, what if I'm not a traditional worker? We live in Atlanta, so what if I'm a cash a industry hoe. stripper? Can you tell I love strippers? Or I really love the strip club. Clearly she does. Or you might be in the media. You know, we got Uncle Tyler down here. What if you're a freelancer? So I don't get regular checks. Well, I thought typically if you're in the entertainment industry and that, uh, like a dancer, they give them a creative checks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know. Hmm? All right. All right. So if you're a creative, an entrepreneur, self-employed. Nacho, save your paychecks. Nacho, go, go. Nacho, go. So if you're an entrepreneur. Thank you. There we go. And you're self-employed. Self-employed. Yeah, they're just a little bit more strict with your tax returns. So they need at least uh, two years of tax returns uh, from self-employed. So showing that you've made a certain amount of money over the course of two years. But wait, okay. did everybody hear Tiffany pick up her piece of paper and click her pen when he started talking about the hoes and getting their money? What you taking notes over there? Uh-uh. I was writing down the time. You should mind your business over there. Oh. I was writing down the time for us. And if oh. I'm writing notes about being a good hoe, then that's okay. Mm. I am a little bit too old to run up a pole and run down. But, okay, that never stopped me from trying to be a madame. Madame Gift sounds really good to me. Yeah, I like that. Go ahead, Nacho. So yeah, so they just need a little bit more two ta- two uh two years of tax returns. So if you're applying for a loan, okay. so so if you're applying for a loan for today, you need 2020 and 2019 of your business taxes showing that you've made a uh, you know certain amount of money. Right, and you should be years. separating your business taxes from your actual name. Right. Because that's two different... Okay, good. Just making right. sure the people know because, baby, some things get crazy. Mm-hmm. Some taxes get crazy. Wonderful. Now, I have two things to talk about, Nacho. Now, me being single, Shan being married, do you see a difference in like dealing with single people versus married people? Because that was my hang-up, like being single and trying to buy a house by myself. Could I afford it? Would I be able to do things, all that? 
Uh, I mean, I think the only the only hangups with single versus married couples is that you have two people that are involved and just have to understand who's the who's so more the decision maker of the relationship. Mm, so okay. being able to understand that and being able to uh, make everybody feel comfortable in that situation is is key uh, when you're dealing with home buying. Single is a little bit easier because you, they just have one person. Typically, they'll have like a family member uh, advise them or have an input, but it's really up to them and what they okay. feel comfortable with. Okay, because I was getting questions about that from friends and family, just like, you know, talk about the difference in being single and buying versus a family. Like in my subdivision itself, this side is all families, but on the other side is all like single black women. And there's like a few sprinkling of men somewhere, but you see like who's buying the homes. And I wish I had the figures to see, like to understand that, but you know, I mean, it's important to know the demographic. So that way, you know, that this is the neighborhood you want to be in. Exactly. I mean, the last thing you want to do is to be in a retirement area and you're single, I mean, I bop, like old- single bopping in there. So, <laughs> I mean, somebody's granddaddy here wanted to say hello. I like your big pretty legs. We here for that. I'm okay with that. Oh <laughs> I'm okay with that. All right. Hey, Diddy. You could be 65. Um, okay. Another question. What are the costs associated? Like, everybody thinks it's just a 20%, but that's not your whole savings. You're paying for appraisals and inspections and all that like go through that list yeah inspections are part of it appraisals sometimes you might need special inspections for for situations like if there's um a plumbing issue or if there's radon issue or you know i don't even know if anybody know what radon is no radon is a is a second leading cause of lung cancer in the u.s or maybe the world but i know for sure in the u.s but Um, does it make you an x-men it does not, <laughs> but uh, but it's but you just have to. It's sometimes with the crawl space. If you have a house on a crawl space or basement, that you have to be able to test for radon. Um, typically, it's a, it's usually around mountainous areas. So I would suggest people that are that are going to live near Snow Mountain here in Georgia or Kennesaw Mountain that they get it. Um, so yeah, and an interesting story. So I remember if you know, remember um, my buyer, uh, the the um, the family, the the young couple with the with the daughter. Mm-hmm. They moved to Marietta. So they, I, I advised them to get a radon test and, um, and they had a little daughter and I couldn't live with myself if they, you know, if the radon gas was seeping through the house and Absolutely. somebody got cancer or something like that. So I was like, man, I was like, I highly suggest you getting it. And they got it. And it was like, it was a high level of radon in, in the, in the oh, crawl space no. that was coming through the house. And, you know, the seller had to remediate that. So it's like possibly save them, you know, save them potential, you know, heartache or, Oh, hospital yeah. you know or death or hospital yeah. bills you know having to wow. go there so i was like look man so so stuff like that that's just like makes me happy that you know i get to help people look at you being get a caring commission i didn't get extra commission i got extra love that's all get those recommendations we take mm-hmm. referrals mm-hmm. if you're listening you know somebody moving to atlanta send us a dm that's right to the what underscore real estate and to where she had. Girl underscore move underscore on underscore podcast. Shanna's going to be the one to do that all the time. I just love it. Okay, great. So <laughs> now, Nacho, explain PMI. If you can't pay 20% of X amount, however much the house costs, what is mm-hmm. PMI? PMI, they just essentially take on, since they're taking on a higher risk on the loan, they, they, off, they charge you a property mortgage insurance. And that is just 
they just spread that out over the over the course of I, I don't even know how many years, but basically until they until they get to twenty percent, and at, at the point where you your value and your loan, your current balance are at that twenty percent, you can always ask them to remove the PMI. Okay, um, see, so I it's just an added cost. And I'm about to do that. <laughs> okay. And sometimes, and like your your value, like the value of property, can go up as well. So that 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 that'll make your PMI go away. So you just got to make sure you're looking at what the value of your house is now because they take it off of appraised value in the current market. Yes. Okay. Because I was thinking about that when I initially put the deposit down for the house and I need you to talk about that earnest payment, down payment, the difference because my lenders were getting so just like they were all over the place. So I almost thought about like, I don't want to do the house anymore. Like I don't want to do it. And the builder's was she in builder employee? I would come and I would speak to her and she was very nice. And she's like, do not let this house go because the equity in the house has already doubled almost. So she's like, this is your house. That's it. And like I said, you need, you have to forge relationships with people you can trust and that no matter when you call them, they will never make you feel like you are a number. So they would come in the house, take pictures, because again, I was living 30, 40 minutes away. I didn't drive. They took pictures for me. So just having the team that's helpful from the beginning to the end is amazing. That's so helpful. Yeah. So helpful. Yeah. But yes, please, the earnest deposit versus your actual de- like down, down payment. payment. Yes. Thank you, Shane. Yeah. So yeah, down payment is your down payment for your lender. Your earnest deposit or earnest money is the kind of good faith deposit saying that, Hey, I, you know, I, I want to buy this house. I'm showing you that I want to buy this house. Here's the good faith money that, and that, you know, that I'm giving to you seller. Uh, so that essentially is typically about 1% of the purchase price here. Thank you. Here in Georgia. Although I've heard in some cases, it's a lot higher in different, different States mm-hmm. just depends where you are. And you know, so everybody does real estate differently in different States. Right. But yeah, typically it's one percent, and you get you get that credited back to you at closing. Okay. Yes. Now what? Okay, so you get this closing. So you're doing all your paperwork. Uh, you do a con- initial contract with the seller to make sure everything's set up. Then you're doing your inspections, your appraisals. Everything might pan out. What would be a reason like the appraisal being lower than the actual value of the house? Like, how do you address that? Or would it just be the lender? Uh, well, no, it, it would be then on the realtor. So in a situation where there's a low appraisal, it would be on the realtor to then uh, find a, the realtors, actually both sides to find a middle ground. Um, mm-hmm. See if the if the seller wants to come down to the appraised value, see if the the buyer has any extra cash. So we just at that point we're trying to salvage the deal and, and see what what middle ground we can find. Uh, most of the time, I would say about eighty to eighty five percent of the time, we find some sort of middle ground. Okay. Some cases where the appraisal is just way too low, um, the seller was like not going to budge. You can try to contest it, and it'll be a whole process to contest it. They may or may not, you know, bump the value, but sometimes the deal can possibly die based on the appraisal value. Okay. And what about the inspection? Because we alluded to that last episode where she was talking about she's going to kill everybody because of yeah. the plumbing situation. Yeah. Sometimes inspectors don't catch everything. That's all I'll say. Okay. It's, just, it's just like his... He's trying not to trigger me, y'all. Yeah. Okay. It, it's, it, they don't... She can't speak. 
shit, come back. It looked like you were going down, sis. They, and, and they and they they cover their they cover their you know what's. You can swear. You can say cover their asses. Yes. They cover their asses. asses. Um, I'm looking at her for permission. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. I mean, the inspection inspection company cover themselves by just saying, you know, hey, we're not responsible for X Y Z if we don't mm-hmm. catch this, if we don't catch that, because they're not they're not professional plumbers they're not professional electricians they're not professional structural engineers like they don't they're not they're not certified in those aspects they're just certified in a general broad understanding of codes and different things in the houses so they may not get everything or they may be having a bad day and just like miss that thing that might have you know killed the deal or or, you know something that might have popped up later so you just have to be able to sort of look through it and and do your best that you can if there's something that's concerning that's gonna you think like hey this is gonna be a, a deal breaker then address it before your due diligence is up and Absolutely. i don't think we've covered due diligence but that's just your time period before you go under contract to when um you know there's a certain amount of days that you agree to that you have to inspect look at the neighborhood make sure it is where you want to buy um so that's that's you should usually build that in ahead of time before you go under contract Perfect. And with the inspection, my inspector was excellent. Shout out to Atchison. He was literally like climbing on the roof, climbing in crawl spaces, running everything. But another thing I had to do before I got here, I looked I looked at an inspector checklist to see and I asked him if he saw these things. And he was very good. I think his feedback was like 86 pages. He sent it to the builder and this is a brand new house, but there's still little things. He was like, they didn't put a label on the electricity in the attic, like things like that. So he sent 86 pages to the builder. My realtor followed up with the builder. And then we made sure, I think we did another walkthrough before closing just to make sure everything was here. And I took pictures of everything because even when I close now, once you close the house is yours. They're not coming back and fix anything for you unless you're getting up to your warranty date. Again, we'll talk about warranty. But um, I just, yeah, definitely have the inspector explain things to you in layman's terms and understand what you're getting into. Because there's a vast difference between a resale house, a house that is already built versus a new build. You will still find something in everything and you don't always have the appliances Mm -hmm. in there for them to run things and find things out later. Mm-hmm. So, like my life, it's crazy, you know. Not so, yeah. The inspections is there a percentage for the inspections? Because they're like three to five hundred dollars. Appraisals yeah. are like five hundred dollars. So you have to yeah. think about all these costs even before you're closing. And and attorney fees. Yes. So yeah, I didn't have the, that. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, you it's different by state. About, yeah. Yep. You got to think about that because the attorney fees can add up. So. I always tell buyers, you know, about one closer to two percent, one to two percent of the purchase price is what you're going to look at for closing costs, realtor fees. I mean, not realtor fees, a closing attorney fees, um, all kinds of you know taxes, things like that. So, okay. you so now you're towards the end, Nacho. What is your closing looking like? What documents are you getting to wrap up your sale? Uh, you're getting a settlement statement. Uh, I call it a HUD one settlement statement, and then you're getting a closing disclosure from your mm-hmm. lender. Um, that's just going through everything, and it's basically everything: your percentage of your interests, your you know what you're actually paying down payment, 
your loan amount, all that good stuff. You're getting all that disclosing everything. They have to disclose everything to both sides. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's what you're getting typically. And that's a breakdown of all the costs. So that's the attorney mm-hmm. fees. That's your appraisals. That's your, that's all the money you spent, how much all your money. insurance is going to be your home insurance, because you should have settled on that before you get the closing disclosure, your ta- your property taxes, mm-hmm. and then like what your monthly mortgage payment will be. And yep. that's all together. Yep. All together and that'll now. be your mortgage payment. Yep. All together now. All the money running out the door. Mm-hmm. So much fun. And you usually have 24 hours to 48 hours to sign your closing disclosure. And in my case, my closing closing disclosure changed for three days. Not sure why, but I was screaming <laughs> for three days because every day I was like, oh, no, we got something else. This will be better because yeah, my sometimes. property taxes were not established mm-hmm. because it's a new bill. Yeah. Right. So that was the issue and the delay. But we're here. Homeowner. All right. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you think? Homeowner. <laughs> See, Nacho be with me, Shane. You over here. Just... Oh, I know. I know. It was That's a good time I, in the apartment, I guys. Both. I love you both. <laughs> is there anything we didn't touch on that you think is important? And if not, go ahead and make your final uh, money plug again. Anybody moving to Atlanta? Slide in the DMs. Or the surrounding areas. On, yes. And if you also, need help, Nacho uh, anywhere. I mean, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I have connections all across the U.S. So if you need help anywhere, New York, California, Boston, for sure. Yeah, I know everybody. That's where we're from. So, yeah, if you need anything and everything, anywhere, Hawaii. I'd like to <laughs> go to Hawaii and show some houses. Why not? Listen, you sell those $300, baby. You're going to have 300 houses. You Aloha. just beat. That's Aloha. 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 Hey, perfect timing. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> I got this. Okay. Tell them your IG, where to find you, how you can set up consultations. We're trying to get this Nunez coin. Yes. Um, I'm, I have a business page on Facebook, happy homes and neighbors. So you can go there. Um, I have a, uh, Instagram, a G underscore real estate. That's a as an apple G as in Gary underscore real estate. And on IG, so you can find me there as well. Um, and feel free to just look me up, Berkshire Hathaway Properties of Georgia. So feel free to look me up, Google that, and you'll find me. Not your average realtor. We love you, kid. Thank, Thank you. you. You're Thank not you. that we man to me. I know your name. I know Thank your you. name. I Thank say you. your name. <laughs> say say my name, please. <laughs> Nacho. Really? Anthony. <laughs> she know what it is. I, I, know, I know when it's a bad day when she says Anthony. Oh yeah, that's because he still the ain't case. build that trampoline, y'all. Oh, the children are still shit. waiting for the trampoline. <laughs> so until the trampoline gets built, he gonna be that man. So when y'all start hearing me say Anthony, you know the kids are jumping on the trampoline and they're not making noise right. and ruining my house. Wow. All right. Okay. Not your, I'll build it. Just go today, Nacho. <laughs> it's not gonna I, happen. I don't want to hear if about I build it. it they will come. They will come. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends on who so, you're trying to get to come. <laughs> Yes, Shan. Tell the people where we at. What we doing? Okay, y'all. Thank you for tuning in and getting a glimpse into my life with you two glorious You're people. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for joining, Thank husband. For Thanks, Nacho. Be sure to subscribe, like, follow Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Instagram at girl underscore move underscore on underscore podcast. 
Tune in next week when I think we really might be talking about oh, I love the this. good hoe versus the bad hoe. Shan, you better not I don't want to hear nothing. You're gonna let Shan talk. You need to leave the house, and you're not listening to that episode. I we want ain't her got to be... hide. All right, I want her to. He be got whole stories ho. too. So not you trying to share. Nope. He might be oh, back sh- next week, nope. y'all. Shan, we should ask be, people for I'll their whole the, stories. Yeah, that'll be the right. poll of the week. Yes. Send us your whole stories. This is a safe space. Yes. Oh, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be great. People, we love you. Thank you so much. We ready? We out? We out. See y'all next week. Bye.